What should they first pay you to give up on it's your dreams? It's not about who you are, it's, a, it's about who I am. Fantasies have to be unrealistic. I see guys who work at the same company for their entire life. They clock in, they clock out, and they never have a moment of happiness. Desire supports crazy fantasies. And when were you going to stop, come back and do what makes you happy? The only way that we can measure the significance of our own lives is by valuing the lives of others. You have an opportunity. This is a rebirth. Life's better with company. What is it that you fantasize about? How much did they first pay you to give up on your dreams? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is I, once again, Lionel the Sage, coming to educate you once again. Joining me at this time is the one, the only, the entrepreneur, the entourage, the mistress. Ladies and gentlemen, one time for the one time, make some noise for Africa Allah. What's good is the one and only Africa Allah all in your ear hole. And um, I guess you got your part two, huh? <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, it was inevitable. What, what, what did you think would happen? Ah, <laughs> uh, so, like I said um, from part one, I, I, I already got from, I already got who is Africa Allah, but I wanted to get what. There's a difference between who and what. I need to get the what. So, what is, and, and I quote, being Africa Allah? What is that like? Explain that to me, please, in vivid detail. Alright, so being Africa Allah is the concept that everything that is a part of my life influences who I am. Um, far too many times in entertainment, in culture, we decide that a person can be one thing and that's not true um i think that was evident when we had people like tupac that had a vast catalog of content you know one moment he was conscious and another moment he was like shoot him up bang bang <laughs> all of it, and then you know of course we have the underground um we have the underground with him and him doing the i get arounds and the that stuff the Humpty dance and stuff like that so like we as people are multifaceted and in order to actually be Africa Allah I have to encompass everything and like I said in the last show um, the name Africa Allah means the creation the place where we all derive from and right. the creator the almighty that created us so it's the create the creator the creation and the creator and that's right so I that's the reverential respect there yeah so i i that's what i encompass i encompass every aspect of the diaspora um from the cultural aspects to the experiences and all of the social nuances that come along with being a black person um walking the earth being mm. Africa Allah again, the Allah, you know, because people are like well, Allah, and I remember when I remember when I was deemed Allah, my mother was like, "You have to put upon Allah or something in front of it because God is gonna smite you." <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Wow! Dead ass, like that's what she dead ass. I remember that. I remember that. And sometimes I feel like maybe. Maybe I was smited because I, I feel like I haven't gone as far in my career as I wanted to. Um, but at the same time, you know, I grew up in a Muslim household and I keep, I keep saying that. But I don't think you understand the depths of that. Like, my mother and father 
are written in the history books in the Bahamas for starting the Muslim community in the Bahamas. So like Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I wasn't just, I didn't just grow up in a Muslim home. Like my parents are responsible for the Islamic movement in the Bahamas, you know. Um like I come from a lineage of history deep inside Islam the Islamic culture. My father was Malcolm's right hand man. Wow. You know, um Wow. <laughs> yeah, so Wow. You know, so so when I say that I grew up in a Muslim home, like yeah, I grew up in a Muslim home. When when kids were watching T V and watching um what called Good Times and Archie Bunk and all of those, like I was inside Read. I, I I read at a college level, early on, you know. Right. Um, I was in there reading black black books, black empowerment books. You know, like we. Were, like, <laughs> I was reading black empowerment books, reading um, Du Bois and Baldwin and um, you know, the, the 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 original man. Those were those were my story books. I I didn't know anything about fairy tales until my aunties my aunties and um our babysitters started reading those to me so you 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 basically was getting empowered from a very very young age yeah yeah like yeah um you know and when i wanted to know about things back then people used to invest a lot of money in encyclopedias so i had like encyclopedias and um Natural National Geographics about and it, our, all of our geo, National Geographics were about Africa and tribes in Africa. So like I just read about Africa and I just thought from a young age I just was in awe at African culture, the you know the hairstyles, the traditions, the rituals, um, the jewelry. It, I just was that was just it just like it spoke to me. Right. And because I was so, <laughs> because I was so in tune with that, oh my gosh, because I was so in tune with that, um, that became my nickname. And Africa. I remember, I remember I was in school in Toronto, and that was, a, I, I went to all-white school. I, in, in each grade level, it was only one black, like, fully black person in each grade level. Mm. And... All of the, the other black children were half breeds or mixed, mixed, right? We call them, right. you know, we call them half breeds. That's not politically correct today. But um, we ain't trying to be PC, right? Your girl talk your talk. Go ahead. <laughs> what in the world? So they were, they were, they were mixed. And um, I remember sitting under the tree one day, and I had this friend. His name was Archie. He was a white boy. <laughs> and I used to carry a boombox and I had the big Africa medallion. And um, I was playing I was playing Public Enemy. I was really, like, I was really on my head. I was playing Public Enemy. And Archie would carry the boombox and he'd be behind me. And um, we sat under the tree. And there was a couple half breeds sitting under the tree, and I was like, I started preaching. I started preaching, and you know, at first it wasn't really preaching. I was just talking my talking. Now, like people, when I speak, people listen. I don't know why. So, 
Because you got something to say. So, so, um, I was sitting under there and we talking and I'm like telling them, like, you know, I'm telling them about the original man and where they derived from and, um, and <laughs> I know this, I, I don't know, but I'm telling them where they derived from and how now it seems mean, but how their, their mixed blood was actually there to eradicate the black man. Wow. Um, was they ready for that though? It didn't matter. I was like, it, it, you was just talking. Yeah, I was talking. talking your talk. Yeah, like you know, this was a time when this was a time when we were highly aware. Like we had people like KRS-One with "You Must Learn." Like it was real. Mu- like the music was the music allowed us to have those conversations if it wasn't right music we wouldn't have those conversations like i said i was walking around with a boombox playing pe and um and ddp so right the music allowed me to have those conversations this is Um, true this is true that era that era back then they 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 was all for enhancing the, the the culture through the message of music right so I don't I, I think now it's just now like yeah it would probably be like you know you're pushing you you don't love people like okay whatever I'm talking what I grew up learning you know what I mean like y'all sitting mm-hmm. about the Huxtables I'm telling you what's going on like he this is not right what you're doing is a sin <laughs> Mind you. I mean, when, when, when you even think about, like, the, the hush, was, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, right? And I was telling them, like, the stuff would used to be on uh, the Cosby show all alone. They was teaching you, like, how you can be a better person in society, like a better teacher, a better lawyer. Uh, things that, that basically could build up what is melanin, if you will. Listen, if it wasn't for Cliff Huxtable... If it wasn't for Cliff's Huxtable, I would not have been the rapper that I was. Because Cliff told Theo, how you going to be a rapper and you don't have a vocabulary? Education is important. I went to, right. college. I went to college because of the Huxtables. Oh. The co- no, deadass. Like, the, again, the things that we consume influence, influence our choices in life. Like, my only desire as a child... My only desire was to go to college. I didn't know what happened afterwards, but I aspired to go to college because everywhere there was there was advertisement that said a mine is a terrible thing to waste. Right. The Cosby show to a real the real world, a different world. They all push black education. Fox. Excellence. And like I said, I at that point um Everywhere that you looked, they had the Negro, the Negro College League was telling people that a mine was a terrible thing to waste. And the people that looked like me on these banners. So the only thing that I aspired to do was go to college. Right, right, right. Now, when I got to college, I was like, okay, so what's next? Because <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't prepare me for what happens afterwards. <laughs> you, just told, you just told you to get there. Right. And, um, and interestingly enough, now... The biggest thing is 
don't go to college you can get it online and da 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 and um you don't need to spend all this money so now they're, they're promoting ignorancy they're promoting mm-hmm. ignorance that, that's factual that's factual and the saddest part about it is in this day and age like i see a whole lot of and and this this is why i said i gained a, a different respect for um like i was saying yesterday this is why i gained a different respect for how you do um your your uh, your promotion in relations to soca and carnival on the whole because one you don't sexualize it like you said they sexualize every single thing in this day and age and it is don't get me wrong i'm a dude i love women till the day i die but doggone it stop shoving it down my face because then it's not going to be precious anymore you feel me that it's almost like there's, there's little to no value of it because it's coming so easy especially today we're definitely desensitized to sexuality now um i i think i was on a i was on a talk show or a podcast recently and we talked about that particular thing that you know um the the concept of courting and dating has been reduced to netflix and chill and we all know what that means oh 100 percent you know 100 percent um one person even said that we for everybody there's no <laughs> because because we don't have any va- we haven't we don't have any value on those things anymore they have no value they right they right you know they right and and, and and i i miss i miss the thrill of a good hunt you know when you when you see a, a, a um a person who just might be a significant other you don't know but all you know is when you see this particular person your heart starts racing you become different you feel different you're like what is this sensation and you want to get to know this person a bit more you want this person around a whole lot more and now it's just meh me on my headphones all day whatever what's happening okay cool right. later but anyway, wait, 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 how how are we even get here? This this this, this, this. <laughs> listen. We had to deal with with with, with what you with um with, with you in college. Right. You there? You there now? Now what? Well, you know, in college it was like okay, I have to navigate this, and but, yeah, I had to navigate it and see what what it was for me, and for me, you know, college was a great college was a great experience i think a lot of it of course like i said i had a re- the things that i was interested in i was going to i was going to study and learn about regardless but college introduced me to people that i probably wouldn't have been introduced to or it would have taken longer for me to get in that space college gave me the tools necessary to be the person i am today and the relationships that helped me maneuver through this thing called this thing called life and career um but it also put me in debt <laughs> mm. and that's the reality of it and 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 i understand i understand that perspective but i also feel that the college experience is necessary you need that you need that foundation and they say a lot of the a lot of your biggest your lot of, a lot of your biggest entertainers and um and or producers never they didn't they never finished college right 
um, right. uh, CEOs, they never really finished college. They got what they needed and they left. But they got the foundation. And they got and the, that's what made them what they are. Relationships. And I think I said, right. I think I said yesterday in regards to when I hosted college events, I always had standing room only. It mm-hmm. prepared me. It showed me how to produce product. It showed me how to market to to segments of people because in college you have so many different types of people, right? It showed me how to right. how it showed me how to interact with people from all walks of life. It allowed me to talk the talk. Um, I participated in the student government, so I was a representative for people that necessarily didn't align with my my particular views. But I learned to be, I learned to, I learned to be, I learned to be um, diplomatic and meet people, meet people where they were and assist them in getting what they needed to satisfy their communities. Right. So it gave me all of that. And I wouldn't have gotten that if I didn't go to college. I wouldn't have had that experience or that exposure. So college basically, um, basically enhanced you, if you yeah, will. It definitely did. It definitely did. And it opened it opened the doors because if you walk up to somebody and say, "Yeah, I'm on college radio," they're not gonna turn you away because they want to give. They want to first of all, they want to tap into that market. And the first thing right. I learned in, in college was I had a demographic. I had a group of people that people wanted to get to. Right. So my college mm. had X Y Z amount of thousands of, of people. So when I walked up to people and said, hey, I want to do an event at my college and we have we have one of the largest populations of X, Y, Z people. And um, out of that X, Y, Z amount of people come out. They were like, "Okay, no problem. They were giving me stuff like I was getting clothes from I was getting clothes from Fat Farm. I was getting stuff from. I was getting stuff from Levi. Like we were getting things because they wanted to tap into those markets. Some of some of your biggest name brands that like I was never into. I was never into name brands, but we were getting them because we had we had people that they wanted. We had the people that they wanted to tap into, and I was responsible right. for. I was responsible for um, events at the college. So you was the reason why your everybody had on a, a big old pair of lugs, some Fubu <laughs> jeans, and they just coming right, through. Right making their air holes available to hear what you had to say and from doing that (laughs) like again i tell you that i've never stepped away from the formula it's just the resources are different but as i as i have these conversations with you and other people i realize that like i've really never like i've i've always been this person i've always I'm just I'm just changing and evolving with the time, but I'm a hundred percent on brand every time, every era, every generation. Like I'm a hundred percent on brand. Right, you you you've been on, you've been on, and always prepared for it right. too. All right, so that's the college aspects of you, um, of of what is being Africa mm-hmm. Allah. Talk to me about the adult. Because we, we, we fast forward in, into the future right about now. I want to know more about the adult part of her. Because I already know what's happening with, with, uh, with college. Alright, so... <clears throat> I think I can't address being an adult without addressing some of the traumas that I experienced 
as an adult. Um, well, respectfully, I, I want to get to some of the challenges. You, we don't have to go too deep into that, um, but I want to get to some of them, okay. if you will. All right, well, let me start off saying that um, I wanted to go to college. That was the one thing that I wanted to do. Um, at the time that I wanted to go to college, my mother, my mother was suffering from cancer, breast cancer. And mm. this was her, I want to say this was her first, this was her first challenge with cancer. Um, and so in order to, in order to not burden her, I took on the responsibility myself of, going, of finding a more economical way to get the education that I needed to get. So I went to I went to community college and I went to I went to college later um, for a year, um, and in my first semester I got pregnant and I went home. <laughs> I went home and my mother my mother was like, "Let's go for TCBY." That was my favorite thing. And I realized you need to see me with my eyes burst wide open as soon as you said you got pregnant. What? Raggy. <laughs> so I um so so my mom was like, Yeah, let's go for TCPY. And I don't understand we lived out west. I don't understand why we go in the long way to go get ice cream. Mommy that no. <laughs> I know <laughs> we went a long way to get ice cream. So we go so mommy used to work at the um mommy used to work at the airport. So she said, mm. I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna stop at the office real quick. I said, okay, no problem. I figured, you know, we gonna get the ice cream after. <laughs> mommy come back. Mommy have a ticket. Send me right back to fucking New York. Oh no! Wow! She say, um, she say, now sit small. I don't want you going nowhere while you're here. Monday morning, you getting on this plane. <laughs> you going back home. Well, hold on, Deborah. I can tell you one thing. Mother sick. I didn't get the TCBY. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you was concerned about. After everything with the drugs buying, you was just. <laughs> I was young, you know. Like I, I was more hurt that I didn't get the TCBY. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't catch. Yo, Pistachio. Give me a minute. Pistachio was mm. annoyed. I was like, what? I was, I was like, so, so when she, when she said that, I said, so we not getting ice cream? Yo, I, I remember the look on my face dead. Like, so we not getting ice cream? And she said, girl, if I don't, and, you know, I, I, I just sit in the freaking car and I was like, she was like, sit small. And when, I, when she tell me sit small, let me tell you, I try to deflate my whole body in. <laughs> sink, sink in that shit. <laughs> say, don't go nowhere this weekend while you here. 
I don't want nobody know about this. Send me back to my back goodness. To New York City. Send me back to New York City with fifty dollars and said, figure it out. And I got back to I got back to New York. <clears throat> um, my cousin kicked me out because Nav was pregnant and she had a she had an eight year old daughter, so she didn't want. She, she said that that was a I was a bad influence. Um, my auntie was psycho. She was like, no. And so I went back. It was the second semester of school. I went back and um, I I would go to school. I would go to school and I would shower in the gym, hang out in the library until out in the library until the school closed and then go and sleep in Jeez. the park outside and um the way they had it they would have like they all of the clubs used to have events <laughs> and at all of the events they would have food so i would go to every club right. event that's how i ended up getting the student government i would go to every club event i went to the indian student like look i ate every freaking day <laughs> wow! And you know they would have food left over, so I just be like, put whatever could fit inside my backpack inside my backpack, and that's how I that's how I survived um, until school closed. <coughs> school closed. So what happened when school was closed? School closed, and it was really cold. It was freezing cold, and I was outside on the park bench, and um, I passed out. And I woke up in the hospital, and um, they asked me where I lived, and I I didn't and I didn't give them any information. They said, "Well, if you leave here, just know that you have to have this baby, and whenever you have this baby, the government will take it from you. The state will take it from you because you have no means of taking care of the shop." Jesus. So in that moment. Like they really used fair tactics. Now, mind you, all of my family had basically um, turned their backs. They were. I had no one to call. Nobody knew what was going on with me, where I was. You know what I mean? I don't even think they knew that I was still in school. Right? Um, sure, my mother did because she was getting money. She was getting the. Um, <laughs> she was getting the bill. Right? Um, Right. But yeah, nobody knew what was going on with me, and for a while, and so then I disappeared. Um, when I when I got when I got released from the hospital, they released me into a shelter, and I right. was forced onto welfare, and that was the most. That was the most, um, I don't know. I don't know if it was degrading, but it was like, because, because of, because of the type of family that I come from and, um, my lineage, like for me, for that to happen, it was like, I was at the bottom of the bottom. Well, I mean, shit, I was outside, so it didn't even fucking matter. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they forced me into the, into the thing and, um. I didn't have, I was in a room with 18 other girls 
and we slept on cots and it was like being in jail it was like I was in jail for like six months dead ass and um when you're there you don't go to you don't go to school you have a curfew your curfew is 4 p.m. you have to be inside the building before 4 p.m. right um, it just was a lot and so that experience is the reason why I haven't had any other kids because I was like I wouldn't ne- like my ex- my my ex- my first experience being pregnant was like the worst experience in my life wow. and I would never I would never do that again um so yeah that, that and that and because of that I made it my business that because because people were like oh now you have a kid and you got like your life is over and because they kept telling me that it was over and I had to do this and I had to take menial jobs I was like no that's not gonna happen and I made sure once I got out of the system and I got back to whatever like I hustled hard I look I even tried to sell dope that did not work I could tell you that when that, when that guy put the gun in my face, I was like, oh, you could take this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I tried to be a gangster. It wasn't for me. Um, I worked at a go-go club. Um, you know, like I, I tried to do all of the things that, that like they say that, you know, like I tried to, I tried to be street, but I, it just wasn't in me. That just wasn't, that wasn't a part of being Africa a lot. Those experiences that made me understand that that wasn't being Africa a lot. Um, right. So I went and got an education. I went back to the school. I got, got back in good standing because now keep in mind, like I, I came out. Um, so I went back in good standing and I became a part of the student government because like I said, when I was on the streets, like if it wasn't for if it wasn't for the club activities, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had any I wouldn't have had any nutrients, and I probably would have I probably would have passed out earlier, or I probably would have endangered my child's health earlier. You know what I mean? Right. Um. <clears throat> so I went back, and I really put my foot in it. Like, like I got all of it. Like I was I worked I worked day and night. Like I. I worked. I, I worked. I worked at the school. I um, I had my internships, and then I would go home and I take care of my daughter. And um, when I got back on my feet, I felt comfortable enough to call my mother. And as much as my mother, mm. as much as my mother was like, no, she's ashamed and whatever. Like she embraced my daughter, <laughs> and it was like it was like nothing ever happened. You know what I mean? And um, right. there's some other things that we've talked about in the past. And my sister was home with my mother, and my mother had gotten sick. My mother had gotten sick a second time, and um, right. she wasn't really doing well. And I took my sister, my younger sister. My sister at the time was 13. Now keep in mind, I was I was in my teens, <laughs> and I was right. in my teens. My sister was 13. I took her, and I had so I had a newborn baby and a 13 year old and I never asked my mother for a dime my mother don't know how money came but I took care of them every day I put food I put food on the table and clothes on their backs and um like I said I hustled hard like and everything that mm. I hustled everything that I did was entertainment 
and I made money like I made money in entertainment and I um, took care of my family jeez you your daughter your sister and your mother all on your back and you were dealing with school at the same time yeah goodness gracious you don't hear these type of tales in 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 in, in today's world i i don't think anyone respectfully today is built for that no, no, it, you, no offense no, to no, no one you, hear, you don't hear the stories you don't hear the stories but you see them they're on the tiktoks and and instagram and stuff like that people are using it for content on youtube but there's no i don't know i, I like they're, they're they're happening there are people that are going through these things um Maybe, maybe again, we're so desensitized that we don't even pay attention to these things. But I, these aren't things that I talked about. Like these were things that were happening, and they were happening. They were happening in the background. Like everybody right. that knew me, you just wasn't yeah, saying yeah, anything. Everybody that knew me, they had no idea what my house, what my whole life was like. You know, I've never like this is the first time, probably the second time in life that I've told this particular story. Like I don't talk about. If you're not like within my close circle, you don't know about that. Wow. But I felt like it was necessary for people to understand from whence I came from what I came from. So that they can understand like how monumental the stuff that I've done is. And it ain't came from nowhere, goodness. It ain't came from nowhere. You you were doing while going through. Right. And then again, I told you, um, I told you in the last, I told you in the last episode that I started my first company when I was 19. So while all of this was happening, I started my first company. Like I, I had paperwork registration. <laughs> it was registered. You know what I mean? I had a registered right. company, ghetto travels and promotion. We were traveling. We were traveling on the Greyhound, going back and forth to different cities, doing shows and, and, um, doing shows and promotions doing the same thing that I was doing in school doing it in other places and I was documenting I was I was doing a film well take that there, and bro. rapping me and go ahead and rapping all right then so let me ask you something right in the midst of all that whole rapping ordeal because you been you mentioned this rapping part a whole lot why you ain't do a track with me yet not 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 now you got some smoke on your own what's what's, what's going on Hey, you, uh, uh, am I not good enough? <laughs> am I not good enough? There's nothing inspirational. Like, it's nothing inspirational. The last time I was inspired to write a track was Beanie Siegel. Beanie Siegel's, Beanie Siegel, all of his albums, all three of his albums, the three first albums. I don't know about anything after the first three albums, but the first three albums he's inspired. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, da, da, da. Like, um, the music, Big Daddy Kane, Big Daddy Kane, like, those were the people, they inspired me. Tribe Called Quest, they inspired me, you know what I mean? Like, they inspired right. me. Like, I've, I've not been inspired. <laughs> I've not been inspired. And then again, you know, uh, New York was the inspiration in itself, just sitting on the train and knowing, like, it was a lot of, like, good music comes from pain. Fox. 
and I don't think that I'm, I don't think that I'm in that same I don't think I'm in the same space of pain anymore. Hmm. You know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Speaking speaking of the conscious artist, I know exactly what the hell you mean. The last thing I did was something from my past um, when I spoke about um, being in a matrix that like you could see the zeros and ones around you. You could see the, the, the programs. You could see the code. But everyone is looking at you like you're nuts. Right. And that's painful as hell because you feel like you're so alone in the world, you know? Only you are feeling what you're feeling. Only you are going through what you're going through. Only you can see what you're seeing. And I think technology, so I, 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 I think technology changed that too. Oh yeah, 100%. 100%. It has, it has a huge role in... in, in, in how people process things today. I I did something nuts the other day. I sat down and I looked at clouds. I sat down. I went on the, on the hood of my car and I looked at clouds. And that's something what I always used to do as a kid. And when I did that, I was like, this feeling is so different. Because I remember doing that when I was growing up and, and, and going to, to Grenells Park down in uh, North Miami Beach. We didn't know anything about having a bunch of cell phones and this, that, and all type of stuff. But that that feeling felt, it felt amazing. Clouds fascinated me. I was not distracted by anything other than clouds and hearing the wind. And feeling that, that, that wind blew in a particular direction. Anyway, 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 anyway. <clears throat> so I got the challenges from... You in college and you as the adult. How did you overcome both? I just kept doing me. I like I like I don't know if it, the thing is when you're going through it you feel like it's never ending, right? But right. it comes to an end. And when you get on the other side of it, it becomes a faint memory. So, like, I don't know. I just kept doing me. Like, I I just kept doing me. I, I did what I was supposed to do. And I got to the other end. I got to the other side of it. And um, the other side of it was whatever I deemed was success. However, I, whatever I deemed was success. You know, um, my mother, my mother was sick. And I remember, I remember I was, it was almost time for graduation. My mother didn't make it to my graduation, by the way. Um, so it was almost time for graduation. And my mother called me. My mother used to call me every day at, at 3 a.m. She called me every day at 3 a.m. for a month straight. Because right. I was working third shift at a... Um, I was working third shift at a production company doing editing. Right? And right. she would call me every day at 3 a.m. And she called me for a month. And she every day she would say, I ain't going to be here for too long. It's a come on to your mother. <laughs> and... <laughs> Moms know what she was saying, though. And so, um, you know, 
after I graduated, my sister was graduating from, she was graduating from high school. So after my sister graduated from high school, I returned to the Bahamas. She and I returned to the Bahamas. And I, um, I was there for about, yeah, I was there for about a year, year and a half. Yeah, I was there for, I was, I was there for, no, I was there for about six months and then I went to Atlanta the first time because Atlanta had just, um, they had just opened up Def Jam South and I wanted to go to Def Jam South. Right. And then my mother called me and it was like, you have to come home. So I came home Mm-mm. and, um, she was like, I don't want you to do, just like, I, I let you do this music thing, but you need to get a real job like a real job now mind you I have a degree in communications I have a a degree in communications multimedia and so um with a focus in with a focus in video production and so um I ended up I, I ended up working for a design company in the Bahamas and um I had said I wasn't going to do music. That lasted about two days. I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. It, it lasted, but it really it lasted like a couple. It didn't even last, right? Um, while I was at work, somebody came in and asked me to do something. And we had a conversation, right? And Right. I was talk- we were talking about music and I was saying da 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 talking about the music right and it was like oh you should come on the show da 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 and I was like okay and then come to find out the show was reality show right so I get on and we I already have history I get on the show and we're talking and um while we're I told you the thing what what happened with um Winslow right so we're talking on the show. And the the production manager called and was like, "Who's that?" They're like, "Don't let her leave." And they come down and they was like, uh, "We want you to be on the show every every Saturday with us." And that's how I ended up on Fast Saturday with Reality. It's amazing how things just happen to transform me. So um. <laughs> My, I had to go back to work and my, my job was just they were introducing Saturdays and I told my I told my I told my boss I was like um, I was offered a job at the radio station but I know that I am I know that you guys are starting the Saturday thing and you need a junior designer to be here and she said well call me by my government last name she said well um if you could promote us on, if you could talk about us on the show, then you could go. <laughs> I love it. Go and work on Saturdays there. And so I spoke with I spoke with the producers of the show, and they agreed. And that was their that was their um, bargaining chip for me to get on the radio for me to do the radio. Take that! Two birds, one stone. Yes. <laughs> And that was that was it, and that that's how I ended up on radio. Um, and then in between that, we were pitching the we were pitching the teen scene show, 
with Junior Achievement and we had another person in mind to host the show. I went to go, I went, me and Ree went to the, to the taping, to the location, you know, because it was a part of, right. it was a, a segment of our show. We went to the taping and the person hadn't shown up and we were ready to tape and they needed somebody to open up the show. So they was like, well, Af, go ahead. And because we need a female. So I was like, okay, no problem. And I did the first, I did the first show and they was like, oh my God, the way that people responded to me um, that were watching, they was like, you're our host. I wasn't even supposed to be the host of Teen Space. You just happened to fill in the right. slot. And then that, that slot just put right. you on. Give me more, but give me more. You have me smiling from ear to ear over here. Like, I, I like a kid with popcorn, you know. I don't think you understand my joy. But like, this, 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 this is bedtime story time for me, but I, I, I don't think you understand me. Well, I mean, that was it. Like, you know, like, it, it, was, it was one of those things. Like, things in life happen. Sometimes you don't plan for it. It's not in, it's not in the cards. It's not even what you think about. But God will put you in positions to do things. Like, every time... Every time I try to walk away from music, every single time I try to walk away from music, something happens that says, no, come back. Like I said, I was like, after my mom died, because I felt, I felt guilty because I got the call that my mother was in the hospital, but I right. was on stage and I had some, and somebody else had my little flip phone. At, at this point, we already had um, cell phones, right? They were horrible folks, but I had a little flip phone, and somebody else had it. So when I got off of stage, they brought it to me, and I called, and they were like, Mommy's in the hospital. I got to the hospital, and I got to the hospital, and after seeing her, five minutes later, she died. Wow. So you made it with five minutes right. to spare. But had I Jeez. made had I got there when they called me. Like I so I felt guilty because I wasn't I, I couldn't I didn't answer the call when it was when I got it. Like I was on sta- I was on stage filming. I should I should have been there to answer the call and I, I wasn't, you know, and I, I felt guilty about that and um and I was like I'm not doing this anymore. And what did make it even Don't worse? Don't do that to yourself. What made it even worse is I got to the hospital, and people was like, "Oh, you was a grand from TV," and they was asking me for my autograph. And my brother, my brother was so he was like, "Fuck this, my mother is dying." Yo, it was wow. Like my brother was so upset. Um, yeah, it was wow. It was wow. It was wow. Ah, uh, and again. Me personally, I really had no idea. The I really had no idea that people was really paying attention to me like that. You know what I mean? Right. And my mom ain't know what's happening on the other end because she she ain't know that you there as yet. Right. Wow. Well, for one, I I, I hope that that regret is no longer there. No. I made it, I made it, I made it, and I made peace with my mother, and as soon 
I swear to God, as soon as I made peace with my mother, like, not even, she just closed her eyes. Mmm, look at that. Look at that. All is well. And you know where I went after that? I look didn't go home. I didn't do none of that. <clears throat> I took my daughter, I took my, my daughter by, I took my daughter by my, old, my older cousins. And me and my younger sister, the one that I took care of, we went to the zoo. And I thought you was going to say that y'all went for that ice cream. No. <laughs> But after we went to the club, we went to the club, and I let the I let the music wash over me that night. Like, and it was crazy because you know I never drank. I didn't start drinking until my wow. Meanwhile, yeah, I go with my bad self in my teens just because someone get married. <laughs> oh, 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 terrible. <laughs> no, 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 don't get me wrong. When I was younger, like in my teenage years, um, to cope and deal with, to cope and deal with um, the Bahamas, like I used to have, I used to have Irish tea every morning. Like I drank rum, coconut rum and coffee and I would put it in a little bottle and take it to school and that's how I would get through school because I so hated the Bahamas, but I hated because it was so it was like it was so slow and non-progressive when it came to thoughts and ideas. Right. But, um. But in my adult years, no, I I didn't drink. I didn't drink. Well, for one, I mean, how do you think things have changed now? In in, in a sense, because like I I can be real. I ain't never experienced nothing like that New Year's event ever, ever over here in, in my 32 years of existence. <laughs> and that's my life. Like, well, clearly you don't go nowhere because any, t- any I can tell you every, every event that I've participated in the Bahamas has been a fucking uh, extravaganza. You, 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 you hear what you say? With you, that means you had to be a part of that bad boy, no? Yeah, yeah but I'm just telling you. I did. <laughs> okay. See, that that's my point right there. Like, because you were involved in it, you feel me? I got to experience something different because you were involved with it. Emphasis on the word different. Because, and emphasis on the word you were involved in it. I don't think the average Bahamian Joe, and no disrespect to, to no Bahamian over here, I don't think the average Bahamian Joe would have been able to pull certain sets of stuff off. You feel me? That felt universal. I haven't felt anything universal like that in a long time. I had to be outside of the country to experience something like that. You hear me? Let me tell you. You are... You're missing out. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> No, like I've, I've, like I said, every every event that I've participated in in the Bahamas, um, has been monumental and just an extravagance. Because I believe in creating experiences. I, I I think that's the difference. And even when even when I was producing products 
back in college like it was oh it was never about the product it was always about the experience because I wanted I understood that I wanted people to leave with a certain experience so that they can theme for the next one like if you don't like right. it was like I wasn't good at selling dope but I was great at selling music like it was crack like I understood the nuances of selling it and selling the product but um yeah I, I couldn't do that street life but I could do that I could do that I could do that I could do that promotion life I could do that club mm-hmm. life I could do that night life and that's how I that's how I that's how I look at everything like everything is it's just supply and demand and creating and creating the creating the hype so that people want they want the next thing and Fox. that's what we do Fox. like you know so now we did that and what's next and the, the thing is is all the other thing is making sure that there is a clear level like nobody's competing we're all we're all working together a lot of people have like a lot of a lot of promoters they'll bring over artists from other places and DJs from other places and the Bahamian artists or the Bahamian DJs feel as if they have to compete we created a tone from the very beginning like we set the tone from the very beginning with our marketing and everything you know it's not about the people it's about the experience if you look at the mark if you look at the way that I market stuff or the, the companies or the projects that I've worked on I never put a DJ on the flyer because it's not about them it's about that experience that you're coming for they're just they're just an accent to that right we don't start marketing the DJs until the latter part and even then you don't see their faces you're right and 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 I see I've seen with a lot of the promotions that you've done the people are legit the stars the events that would have been and what could be if if one would attend they are the stars legit you see all the people having fun they feeling a vibe you see a drink or two everybody got their hands in the air dressed nice you know it's a vibe and that's what i'm selling i'm selling vibes is that that's the reason why we say that's the reason why we say on the network you know subscribe to the vibe because all right all right i see you i see you black people like we 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 engage with people based on that vibration like you ever hear you ever hear caribbean people or, or black people say nah I don't, I, don't, I don't like his vibe i don't i don't know he got bad juju like we live we we yep. live for vibrations so right when i'm putting together content and, and products it's about the vibe it's not about me it's about the vibe but just know that i do everything dope factual factual <laughs> factual I gotta give it to you. You know, you you, you you give credit where credit is due. My goodness, off, off. You, you you give me a different look with you. If I if I do say so myself, I ain't a front. You the type of woman where I'd be like, you know, don't feel sorry for me, because the story gets better kind of ordeal. And and you you gain a, a bigger and better appreciation for who the woman is, what the woman went through, and how she became who she is now and she's more than who she is now based on what you've heard you feel me because to me after hearing all of that 
you, you, you kind of elevate once again, if I do say so myself. You know, because I didn't know, like, you was carrying, like, that that entire burden. I know you, 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 you had to take care of your sister and all that, but I didn't know, like, to that extent. I knew you was doing entertainment, but how long you were doing it, where it started from, how it started, all that in the bag of chips, like, I didn't, I didn't know. And I hope that for your listeners, especially for your listeners, um, including the super supporters, that they gain a, 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 a bigger and better appreciation for you as the individual um, the platform that you actually built to make all of this possible because I've said it before none of this none of this come from cheap none of this come from just a speck of nothing all of this took time years dedication and to maintain it all that stuff you 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 gotta at least acknowledge pay homage to uh, uh, contribute to if you will you feel me and that's why I employ the, the, the listeners once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It don't take much to be a super supporter. $3 a month for the content that you receive. The live mixing, the pre-mixes that are already saved, the history that is there, and the history that is to come. You cannot beat that with a stick. And don't forget our original content, the vi- original content, the videos and the documentaries. Like I said, um... Up until up until 2017, I have produced a documentary every year, and um, they've only gotten better. You know, again, the quality of the quality of the the quality of the production, the quality of the content, and the monies that we make doing doing distinctive impression, we put that back into. The production and content of DI Radio Cast and now Play Mass today. So, just to make it better. Yeah, as you know, I just want to continue telling stories about our culture because I feel it's imperative for us to. It's imperative for us to know our history so that we don't make the same mistakes. Right. Agreed. Hundred percent. Learn from the past so you can make a better future. Off, doggone it! I could keep you here all day, but I want to say thank you, thank you for allowing this to happen again. I could do this forever. <laughs> I ain't even from with you. Listen, I got stories wait, today. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I got stories today. People always be like, "When you gonna write your book?" I'm like, "Man, I don't even know where to start." Me, I don't even know where to start. I was like, and, and really and truly, I just like, you know, this is shit that happened. It's not like I, I don't feel this story worthy, but people. They hear me talking, they like, oh, they be like you. They be like, oh wow. And like we we didn't touch we didn't touch on the technology. We didn't touch on none of that. You know what I mean? And the challenges of doing the, the network, like none of that stuff. But all of this is everything that encompasses being Africa law. And that's what you wanted to know. Where did it come from? Who is this person? They're like that's everything everything that we talked about, these these experiences, they are what I bring to the airwaves each and every Wednesday on Discover Music Channel. These experiences, these influences, the um, communities and people that I've been tapped into, like, that's what I talk about. That's what I talk about. That's the things that, that are reflected in the music that we play. That's it. And um, after... <clears throat> Our next series starting February, (laughs) 
I know so many DJs, and you talked about the universal experience that you had during New Year's Eve, right? And New Year's Eve, um, the New Year's weekend in the Bahamas, the Keep Going weekend in the Bahamas with the corporation. Um, that weekend got me to thinking, like, yo, I know so many DJs because I know mad DJs. And I was like, right. I w- it, was, it was a shame that I only was able to bring two of my friends over to really show out. But I got people from everywhere, like New York, Canada, Cairo. Like, I got friends. I got DJs from everywhere that, that I rock with, right? As a matter of fact, um, DJ King Assassin was one of the first DJs on our network. Now, I don't know. You need to Google him. DJ King Assassin was Tupac's DJ. And when we started Playmat, when we started DI Radio Cast, say his name DJ again. DJ King Assassin. When we started Playmat, when we started DI Radio Cast, he was one of the first DJs on our network. So, did he ever rap with Tupac at a point? Cause he looked like the like the light skinned dude that was on I Hit Him Up. I, I no, so I'm not sure. I just know that he has he has credits on he has credits with Pocket. He's big. He's a big. This deal. look just like he's him. A big deal in the West Coast. What yeah, let me see here. That I I know so many people, so many DJs and artists. I've and and I take it for granted because they're my people. You know what I mean? Like I would never like ask my homeboy to do a thing. You know what I mean? Um. So, I decided for February I'm going to do the month of music, a DJ series. Having intimate right. conversations with DJs and talking about, you know, their inspiration and idols and why they do what they do. Because I know so many great people. And I think I really haven't tapped into, I haven't tapped into my Rolodex. You realize 2023 is a, is a different type of season, right? So, um... I mean, I ain't trying to be no preacher, but, uh... Ah, okay. You get where I'm going with this, then. I do the math. I'm a everybody. Let's go. Don't let me go on my talk when I start on that 5% nation in the Islam. I'll be like, oh, shit, okay, she's really, really in that. But I don't, like, I don't... All right, then. But you get get where I'm coming from, so you already know what it's about. This is a Gaudia. Yeah, man. So let's put in let's put a network. Let's make it recognizable, and 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 for darn sure, for darn sure, let's bring that high back and make it a whole lot better than last year. Right. You know, um, Frank Bay, I, I try to keep you your funny for two more hours. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> well, I guess this is another oh. week that I hope you play in the mix. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got all, like some dope DJs coming up. I got Dion the Butcher from the Bahamas. Um, I got Spooky the Boss. He's lyricals. He's lyricals. Road DJ. I got, of course, DJ Cash. DJ DJ Cash. DJ Knots. I've got DJ Mad Out. He is Hood Celebrities and um, Chappelle Grace. Road DJ. Like, I got a lot of treats. Oh, yeah, of course, my boy DJ Cosmo, B-Team DJ, is going to be in the building. And we're going to be talking about, we're going to be chopping it, chopping up, um, chopping it up about music. And we're going to get an opportunity to hear them flex. 
Alright then, bet. Tell, tell Cash I got a tank for him for the summer mod. And, and, and summer gonna be here before you even know it. Cosmo already know what's going on. Alright, alright, alright. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, doggone it. You have been blessed. Blessed. Times seven. With the mixtress, the entourage, and the entrepreneur herself, Africa Allah. You now know what it is to be Africa Allah. Who is Africa Allah? You know what? I might do a part three to find out how Africa gets it done. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 gonna see. Hey, I'm down with it. A lot of stuff popping off in the next couple of weeks, so. Um, we're going to have to come back with that in Women's History Month. I will not say no. <laughs> you hear me? All right. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this thing up. Let's get up out of here. Um, folks, y'all know what it is. Play my start today. Become a super supporter. $3 a month. Check out everything what they have to offer. And I mean everything because we don't even give you a tip of the iceberg when we're talking about it. There is so much more for you to explore with Play Miles Start today by becoming a super supporter. Also check us out on, you know, the other social events. Africa, uh, just type in the name on any social. For crying out loud, she is there. You know, look for there. Myself included, Lionel the Sage. Just type in the name and, and, and I pop up. You feel me? So, enjoy your day, enjoy your weekend, enjoy your vibe, and have a good time. And with Play Master today, find your tribe. We out! <laughs>